Hello and welcome to Mind and Money Show, where we talk all things mindset, money management and our entrepreneurial journey. Along the way, we're going to throw in some amazing guests for good measure. I'm Shane Highland. I'm Gareth Shears. This show is going to change your life and teach you skills that school never taught you. Boom. Welcome, Vicky. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. This is a new, new setup on the new sofa. Setup. We have a relaxed we have, we have atmosphere. Had, we haven't done a guest for a while, have we? No. It's the post-COVID vibe, isn't it? Post-COVID vibe. Can we still use that <laughs> no! word? Can we, it? <laughs> Can we still use that word? I, just, I, I, I always kind of say it's the C word, but then people kind of wonder what I want to say the C I word. I say enough C words anyway. So yeah, yeah, I know. But there's not many women who do that. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> your mum will probably listen to this actually she'll oh probably she? oh, yeah, yeah. She is. she'll love that yeah how's your mum she's good thank you yeah not bad so, how are you work business good it's been full on uh you just said on. you had a few weeks holidays i did <laughs> well, it's that balance shane isn't it now that we can travel again not allowed to say the c word but no. um post we can travel again yeah, yeah, so yeah. You know, making up for that, but yeah, it's been very full on, and I feel my industry didn't really stop mm. during the C word. So I think some people stopped using things you do in your industry. Do you know what? It surprised me because some people did and some people didn't. Yeah. It really it was telling because the businesses that you thought were going to adapt thrive and really sort of put themselves out there and use this as a situation to go okay how can we change and how yeah. can we really capitalize on this if for want of a better um way of putting it and the ones i thought that would be really innovative pretty much shut down and it was the it was surprising there were certain industries and certain client bases that really saw an opportunity and went for it so yeah I took on quite a few different projects in different industries that I hadn't worked in before um, during COVID. No, C-word, sorry. You said COVID, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I don't know whether that like affects your viewage now when you use the, the C-word. There's going to be a little pot down. There's 50 people <laughs> every time it's used. Yeah, if it's not if it's a five, we'd, uh, we'd be more Didn't people procrastinate that as in those that, those that felt, you said, comfortable, thought, this is what I've done. This is what I've always done. Done. I've been. We've been successful. Why change? This will be gone in a few weeks or a few months. Whereas other people, as you said, found it. Wow, the world could change like that. Here's an opportunity for us to expand, blow up, do something different. Exactly that, Shane. I think you know. But the thing that surprised me was the types of businesses that acted like that. You'd expect. The bigger businesses to have perhaps i guess that you know maybe it's harder for them to adapt and change when there's more um more people impacted by that and it's harder to make a decision for example but it was the smaller businesses that were quite agile um and quite forward thinking in their ways and how they i think it forced everybody to stop and pause and it's what people did with that time then really defined how they were going to come out of that situation so you know for me personally 
and I, I was expecting that I'd have a long time to maybe go, okay, what does the business look like? What yeah. do I want it to look like? And sort of maybe plow a bit more energy into, you know what it's like, guys, you got, um, you're working so much with your clients that, you know, sometimes it's hard to work on your business yeah, and do the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, bits yeah. for yourselves, isn't it? Um, I didn't have that luxury. That was my intention. And by week two, I was full on again. So. And, yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's probably just for people listening, I guess, just have a kind of a brief explanation of what actually you do. So we kind of cover that off. So we kind of know what, so people actually know what we're kind of talking about. We're talking about kind of communication. So sure, do you want to yeah. kind of cover off what type of things you do for your kind of clients? So the person who's never self-promoted has to self-promote now. That's mm. not at all awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess, um, so started off as a journalist, mm -hmm. editor, magazine, straight out of journalism school. And then set up my business when I was in my early 20s, got jaded by the magazine, worked my way up really quickly, very type A, and then you go, well, where do you go from there? You know, unless you want to move mm. to a bigger city yeah. uh, or internationally. And I, I, that was not part of my career ambition, really. And to be quite frank, I burnt out quite young and couldn't see myself doing it. It wasn't a forever job. Yeah. Um, have tons of respect for anybody who does make that their career because it is not easy. Not that this is easy, but you do have a lot more autonomy yeah. when you're working for yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so set up the business and I've been doing that ever since. It started off as copywriting, communications, culture, yeah. and it's just evolved. And two, no two days are the same. And I think it's never taking it for granted that you will, you know your industry. As soon mm. as you think you know something, it changes. So you're constantly learning. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be to make yourself stand out from the rest. And I think perhaps that's why I've never had to self-promote. Yeah, no, and, and it's, it's the word of mouth thing, isn't it? With a lot of kind of things like that. Um, but I guess, what's some of the challenges you kind of find at the moment? Oh, there's constant challenges, but I think this has really accelerated in the last few years. Yeah. The, the landscape has changed dramatically. And... Once you've gone through a, a period of significant change, there's no real going back. Yeah. Uh, you know, people talk about the new normal. That has seemed like such a cliche. I don't even know how to take that. It's it's just change, isn't it? And we evolve. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I think everyone kind of like that new normal thing. I think everyone thought the world was going to be a total change and a shift. But in reality, it's kind of gone back to how it was, in a way. But lots of things... Contradictions have changed. It has, but I think it's our behaviour, isn't it? So yeah. if I look, when yeah. part of my role is is communication and strategy, and I work, I'll, I'll add a little, go a bit deeper. Is I work a lot with tech, innovation, sports, you know, a lot of big brands, and then I'll consult mm. and do workshops with national and international brands. So it's not, um, you know, small audiences that you're dealing with here, and you're seeing yeah. these behaviour changes. So yeah. you know, when you're looking at a brand that's got say, for example, 10 million, million impressions a month, you know, that's a lot yeah. of people to um, to influence or to yeah. engage. So understanding those audiences and, and what we're seeing is um, attention spans, dare I say it, they're getting shorter and shorter. Short form content yeah. is really thriving right now. Yeah, we, we said that for a long time, I think. Uh, I think we got it down to about seven seconds, didn't we? I think I think you... That's just us two. <laughs> yeah, that's probably ours, but our attention span. But I, I think you have got a... I think if you don't grip people in the first potential, maybe probably less than seven seconds now, probably lost them. 
Um, oh, absolutely. I see, I see a lot of promotional videos out there which um, have this huge intro first before it comes into what the kind of kind of and they're posting this stuff on social and so on and so forth. But people don't want to see a logo and all that. They kind of want you need to hit them straight away with this is the problem. This is the problem I solve. We don't have the luxury of having the really nice sort of. Um, people you know, used to wait for that. Didn't yeah, they? absolutely. But nobody wants to hang around now. No. Tell me what um, what's my problem? How are you going to solve it? And I say this to clients yeah. all the time, and this might sound really brutal, but nobody really cares about you. Um, no, you every client I see will think that they have, and I'm not spoiling anything here. I'm not going to offend anyone because I've said it to everyone's face. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody cares about your product or your service or your brand. My job and working collaboratively with the client is to make it otherwise, is to change that. Yeah. Because unless they know about you and unless you are solving something for them, because audiences, myself included, us included, we're selfish. And I mean that in the nicest way. Mm -hmm. If you're going to invest something, whether it's your money, whether it's your time, you want to know what's in it for you. Yeah. And what are you going to do for me? And what are you going to do that's going to make my life a little bit easier? Yeah. You know, you buy an iPhone, for example, because it's got everything you want on there. You'll go and shop at a certain store or buy a certain brand of clothing because it says something about you and it, you know or it's aspirational for you but unless it was marketed to you you wouldn't know that you wanted well, it yeah like, yeah like <laughs> apple never tried to sell an iphone did they they tried to sell technological innovation really didn't they and and everything you wanted in the palm of your hand really. absolutely and that taps into something that and i, I tell my clients this is it's called a psychographic and Seth Godin, I don't know if you guys have mm. read his book, so he's really, um, he's coined the term, I don't know if it was actually him, I mean, I'm giving him a lot of credit for this, but he talks about psychographics. And um, whenever we look at audiences, we look a lot at demographics. What do they look like in terms of yeah. age, yeah. geographic location, for example? And uh, your psychographic goes a little bit deeper. It's what is, what's somebody's aspirations? What are they looking for? You know, it could be status, it could be, um, and it could be anything really that's to do with their why. Yeah. Why would I buy something? Because yeah. people like me want to be seen doing things like this, buying things like this, going places like this. It's the reason we all make decisions. And I think yeah. in an age now where everything is so data driven, are we forgetting perhaps the human element of things? Because yeah. that's something that technology can't necessarily replace. So has that all changed? Or has the reset button been hit on all of that since March 2020? Because before that, were we in a uh, in a rat race of just getting things done, buying stuff, and, and we're on autopilot, and then we had to stay at home. We we knew what we, we liked, as in family, friends. We couldn't see them. Has that reset button since that time that's just occurred changed all of that stuff? Do you know what? Probably not the best person to comment on it because I'm not an expert, but I can say what I've experienced. And that is, um, so for example, I work with a sports team and I noticed in COVID, oh, C word again, there we go. Um, it's a really, uh, <laughs> It'll be broke by the time I leave this room. I have to see a financial advisor. <laughs> he won't be able to help you. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was a really tough, well, I thought it would be a really difficult challenge to keep a fan base engaged while you don't have sport because mm -hmm. it was, it was 
cut off because there was no sport happening. They were one of the last to come back as well, weren't they? They were, yes. Were so we're, we're talking ice hockey then. We are indeed. And <laughs> well, we were sport we're talking about. They were, they were quite late back, weren't they? To yes, to, to, to team sports. That's me being the real sort of elusive. Yeah. Keep, you know, keep just it quiet. Sports, Don't tell anyone who it is. <laughs> Thanks, G. <laughs> Well, we're not allowed to say that. I have no oh, idea. We can, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I was just putting context in because you're talking about a sporting team and people are like, what, what sporting team are you talking about? So style of team. What we, we noticed, though, was that a lot of the audiences were really craving that thing that they loved. Yeah. So it wasn't actually a hard sell <clears> because, you know, they just wanted a slice of that normality. Yeah. So I guess it depends on what somebody puts importance on. And that's really different depending on who that individual yeah. is. You'll see certain people drop off. But if that thing means something to you, so I don't know, did you guys feel that you reevaluated what you liked? You know? I don't think we had a chance, really. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have a pot there because I'm not allowed to talk about my injury. Um, I think to a degree we did because I, I feel... There was the I said about the rat race, and there was just you know working on with stuff, and you took everything for granted. And then this thing happened, and I think you did kind of step back and go, you know, the things that you took for granted just aren't there anymore. For example, us going to the rugby or the football, which prior I, I remember that there was a a game. There was a rugby game. There was it? a rugby game. It was Wales we, Scotland. It was that weekend they cancelled yeah, last. And it was wasn't it? Cardiff City and Leeds United, and we'd go to the the football, and the football was. Uh, was becoming a drag and it was like when well, we were going taking people there we were enjoying it we were having meals we were enjoying the sport and it became oh we're going to football again and then when it all stopped you kind of go wow all the things that I liked to do going out meeting people doing that was gone well yeah it was with the rugby Beaujolais day as, as an example all those little things which we didn't go out a huge amount but there were certain key times of the year that we went did things and they kind of and all those things. But it's been quite hard to get back into those now. I think, like, it's a behaviour thing. I, I'm it like, is, no, isn't it? I just can't be bothered going out again tonight. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think we need to change that. It's just, it is behaviour. Oh, I'm home now. I don't want to change and go out. And there's no reason why. I was a bit like that before, though. <laughs> <laughs> why have I made all these commitments? Why did I make these plans? It seemed like a great idea at the time. Yeah. And then the day arrives and you just... Waiting for someone to cancel. That sounds awful. But I did miss Brilliant. live music right before yeah. lockdown. I had a couple of gigs. <clears throat> I should clarify, not me playing music, me attending them. <laughs> that would be an awful thing. Um, you know, and so that's something I really yeah. miss because going to see live music, I was at a Steel Panther concert just before, and as soon as we were allowed to allowed to go again, uh, my husband got me bring me the horizon ticket so I was straight back there yeah and it just felt really good to be back with just listening it's not the same as having it on your you know in an airpod yeah you know it's or seeing it on tv it's not yeah the same, it's not it? um, we like... just got to see pearl jam in high park as well that was a really you know great event yeah and you think gosh it's been so long since you could do things like that well, you it... appreciate them a bit more yeah it has been I I I think that's it I think I think I know we've been guilty of it. You kind of feel like oh, I can't be bothered to kind of go and like things used to kind of go to. Like you get invited, you're like, oh, you, you make an what? excuse. Yes, yeah, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? Because you, you, 
it became a bit of a hermit in that time, just because it was easier to kind of to kind of know when it's easy. But but I th- I think things are starting to change. People are starting to do kind of more. Um, do so you- I don't work in the event space, but I wonder <laughs> then, as a communicator, that's this is where my brain's going. I wonder how difficult it is then to get people back into a room yes. for for events now, because of course we're missing things like sport and um, music. But that's a more of a a pleasure versus a business type yeah, of event yeah. how you know perhaps that's a conversation uh, you know, how, how, you know? how are they trying to drive yeah. people like me and Shane back out to events you used to go to but, but they don't seem quiet they? you know they, they you see these events they all seem to be packed out and um, or at least from the pictures they put on LinkedIn from these from the pictures they put out <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly that um, but do you think people are more adaptable then to listening to you where in the past would you have had some push back on certain things that you may want to to change or do with people but now they they have to be willing to adapt and listen to which way you you think is the the new way to go well do you know what Shane I never profess to know it all as well and I think that's really humbling is because do you know what my view is a view on something and I think we we all have these industry experts in inverted commas but really what does that mean in this day and age because it's also subjective the same way when someone says I'm successful or success is subjective. It means something different yeah, to, to everybody, doesn't it? Absolutely. So my idea of success might be drastically different to, you know, your idea yeah. um, and yours as well, G. So it's, I think me advising is, is one method that you can take and let's work on this together and, you know, build what you would like and hopefully mm-hmm. um, help you achieve your ambitions. But also, do you know what? I fucked up before too. There yeah. There's one for you to bleep out there as well. Um, you know, I don't always get it right, um, but I'll, I'll own it. I'll very much own it. Yeah. And I see a lot of that in the industry is, is not um, owning it. But you're using a lot, a lot of words now that is really enlightening. I'm constantly learning. I fucked up. I'm, a, I'm no expert that, you know, you kind of go, I am real. I'm working with you. I'm not going to he- be here to preach to you. And not many people will will be that transparent and open. Or maybe maybe that's why people do like work. I, mean, I don't know. I'd have to ask them. But, you know, I feel like I say this on a weekly basis, actually, to clients. I say, what have I got to lose? You know, I'm brought in here yeah. to give an honest opinion. And, and it is just that, you know, because, you know, what there is no gospel on but it. I think you can you know, play. I, I, think that, I think the danger in the industry you're in is people will play lip service, won't they? Absolutely. And they'll give the answers that, People, they, want to hear. people want to hear but actually whether they actually produce the the kind of results probably not or they may do by a bit of luck rather than kind of judgment possibly but you know have you ever got anywhere by surrounding yourself with yes people you know yeah. if you have people around you who just reinforce your own ideas Some you're only going to go but... into a sort of echo chamber yeah. then because you are literally yeah, yeah. um your your field or your view then is going to be very narrow you know yeah. it's healthy to have challenges and opposition and i encourage it and everybody i work with i'll say very openly will you tell me if this is shit you know Mm. or if you don't agree with me please you know be open and honest with me because let's have a conversation you know and i'll say i didn't always get it right but let's riff this you know i don't even like to use the word um the term brainstorm because i think that is so overrated now and sort of overused or perhaps misused i think no you know it's not about having all the people in the room it's about having the right people bringing certain ideas and 
and being open and honest yeah. enough to have those conversations. Mm. That's how you're going to drive yeah. results. You know, if, if a client, for example, is not open with you about how, uh, how their business is going, whether mm. that's in terms of, you know, uh, what they want to achieve, yeah. what they have achieved, <laughs> you, know, you have to have yeah. that transparency. So me yeah. being open and honest, it's the same thing, isn't it? Am I an expert? No. Um, will I be very honest with you? Yes. And will I try and do my very best to get you results? Absolutely. Whatever those results look like for you. Yeah. And it's worked so far. So hopefully that's an okay formula. Yeah, well, exactly that. Because you do, like, you know, I've had dealings in, in, in past businesses where people kind of profess to do X, Y, and Z, and, and they never really kind of produce results. And then they'll generally throw it back on the basis, well, you know, maybe it's not right for your, what you're kind of doing. Well, if you get the message across, other people are buying it, so why shouldn't more people buy what you're selling and so on and so forth? Um, but I think it comes back to, a lot comes back to what you kind of said as well, is that I think people are, I guess, selling what their product the wrong way, aren't they, as well? They're too attached to it. They're, mm. they're, and, and they're assuming that everybody wants it because they yes. love it and they've put their hearts, yes. work, time... In, yeah, and they're not looking at their product and going, actually, what problems does this solve? And what does my ideal customer, what is their pain point that I've got to solve? Yeah, absolutely. We'd be guilty of that. You know, we, we've evolved what we kind of do. And you kind of, like, we know that clients really, in reality, need this financial plan and they need this lovely kind of, let's look in the future and all that. But actually, customers don't, you know, in financial services, they don't come to you for that. They come to you because... They've got a pain point. They've they've had their pension statement come through. You know, they they don't know anything about investment. They need to change their mortgage. And they, sometimes they don't want this big fluffy kind of nice kind of. But that could be the solution. But, but it's that is the solution. It it's how you package it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that. And a lot of the time, that's what I see with my clients is they have a solution, but yeah. the way they're going about it is okay. not the right way to um, encourage that. Um, well, initially the the leads, then the conversions, the adoption of that. And then it's that um, that advocacy, or that's what you want. The ultimate yeah. is to make, is to have a loyal following who are going to do that talking for you. And yeah. it's only by being real, honest, and communicating on that human level that that you're going to get that. Yeah, I said, I don't say the only way. There are many ways, but that is yeah. a way. Sorry. So, but communication is the key, isn't it? Like you can you can have the best social media strategy out there, and you can be putting out the best content, but if it isn't actually solving the problem that you should be solving content is great but you need context yeah, yeah. if there's no context that content won't hit right and yeah. my job a lot of the time is i say this to clients it's not what you say and they say oh it's how you say it i'm like yes it is how you say it but it's what people hear because if you're saying one thing and somebody's hearing something radically different mm -hmm. They're not going to do what you are yeah. hoping they're going to is do. Is it the opposite? It almost becomes yeah. spam in their view. That Absolutely. They're going, Here is more bull that I'm, listen. Don't even look at it. Don't even read it. Don't even listen to it. Get rid of it because it's not telling me anything that I need to hear or I want to hear. It's just telling me something different. No interest. I've I've gone the opposite way. So I'm doing all this content, and it's gone. No interest. No interest. No interest. Get rid of it. I, do, I say that to clients all the time. It's you know, creating content is great, but creating content for content's sake, you may as well do nothing because it can be more damaging to a brand to have terrible content than no oh, yeah. content. 
So, you know, everyone's like, but I'm creating lots of content, but is it any good? Yeah, and that, and that is the danger sometimes, isn't it? In their head, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, and, and, and another thing I kind of see is the kind of sporadic posting on social media and, and all that type of stuff. And sometimes people don't get that kind of right and don't understand actually there's this big algorithm behind all social media which actually unless you're consistent like with anything in life no one's really going to see your message unless you've built this lovely community and you put it into a nice little community page then people are going to see it but it used to be that way you used to be able to post and all the people that you would like to see it would see it it used to yeah. be so much yeah, easier but, now, you know, but like, you know like, fast like, forward about <laughs> 10 years and we, we don't have that luxury it's how do you cut through the noise because to be able to especially this applies to organic reach now yes and um, you know if you don't have it you know and i still know many big clients who don't have huge um paid search or paid social media budgets so um how do you reach people organically? Well, it's making sure you're posting really meaningful content that they're going to want to interact with because that will tell that algorithm then that people mm. like that want to see it and yeah, it will yeah, serve yeah, yeah. them more yeah. of that content. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got to be consistent as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it has changed, it has evolved because these social media platforms want you to pay for advertising as well. But are you using the, the analogy of, exercise or dieting or, or eating healthy that if you don't do it on a regular basis it's not going to work you have to be consistent you have to do things regularly go to the gym and sitting there for three hours and doing 20 minutes of work isn't the the correct way of doing it it's the same as putting loads of stuff out that if nobody wants to listen to it it's waste time and going to the gym once a week is not going to do something or eating healthy monday to thursday but then just actually picking out Friday to Sunday is where you have to do it, do the correct things, do mm -hmm. it on a, on a constant basis. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, it's, it is really similar. I think it's you need to put the work in. Yeah. And I do say put the work in because, you know, I should clarify when I said earlier that it was really difficult to be in journalism and, and magazine journalism. Running a business isn't easy either. And I think no. it just seems more of a hobby because you enjoy it as well. And I think when you enjoy something, you know, but make no, you know, there's no doubt yeah. about it. It's really long hours and, you know, it's hard work to make it work. And I think, you know, the clients I work with, they're incredibly hardworking too, especially in the tech and, and innovation that, space. And that helps, doesn't it? Because it's so easy, I, I guess, you probably, you probably come across them. Some clients just want a quick win as well, don't they? People just think you're going to come in, you're going to fire this out there and they're going to have all these clients come through the door. But oh, they think I have a magic wand. This, this, and know, I it, don't. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You've got to be consistent. It'll take time. Think, yeah, you'll get some quick wins along the way, but you've got you've got to look at a longer-term view. With Can you come in for two weeks, Vicky, and we want a 200% return after, you know, week three? Well, I'm assuming people do think that. People and do think that. Yeah, I, but they do. And we laugh, but... I have been, um, I've been in pitches and meetings where I've had similar circumstances thrown at me and I'm quite happy. I think we've established I'm quite open and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. outspoken. I'll say, I'm quite happy to say, no, this isn't for me. This isn't a good fit. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and you, you guys probably see the same in your industry, it's your reputation as well. So if, if you yeah. take on a client and it's actually going to end up being really hard work for you or it's not going to be able to shine yeah. the best light on the work that you do, um, it's not worth it. And I think that's something that's been a big takeaway the last few yeah. years is, do you know what? We spend so much time working that I'm only interested in working, doing good work rather with really good people because, yeah. you know, 
you don't have an infinite mm. amount of time. You How don't. you spend it, you know, ultimately that's up to you. We don't, we can't control a lot in life, but we can control that. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of toxicity out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people who um, will, will drain you. And I mean, clients, it's, you know, or prospective clients. And I think it's, it's protecting yourself. It's not just your brand and your business. It's protecting you because, you know, it's not the work that we do that will exhaust us. It's all the shit that goes with it. It's the yeah. the chit chat and yeah. the 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 crap that we have to put up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what exhausts you and drains you. The yeah. work we do it. We do the work because yeah. we love the work. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's it's amazing that you've touched exactly the way we've. I'm gonna say maybe not pivoted work the last year and a half or two because it drains you. And and we've said it's not about money with us because you you touched on being a business owner is really hard. But it's actually enjoyable. But if you if 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 you deal with one person and they bring in five percent of your um income, and then you and and you don't enjoy it, you can maybe manage it. You kind of go, oh, I don't enjoy working with them, but I have to do it because it's part. But if you get five, ten of them people, and instead of five percent, it maybe becomes thirty percent or forty percent or fifty percent of your 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 overall income, you may hate or not enjoy half of your working yeah. day a week and that, I think that's where the toxicity, toxicity comes in that you're yeah, beginning actually. to not enjoy what you yeah. do because you've got the wrong people and I think as you say you have to be hands up it's not for me it's not about the money because there's loads of people out there and you still have if you enjoy your work I think you give more energy rather than going oh no oh, absolutely you know we've all been there where you you in the past we've taken on clients or taken on work where you dread yeah. having to open that file dread having to go to that meeting because you know it's going to be a battle yeah. now would you rather have the awkward conversation i say awkward conversations because traditionally mm. they are i actually i actually really enjoy awkward conversations so i have no issue going into a room and saying <laughs> or whether you know zoom right. i'm quite good at breaking up with with people too with yeah. clients and saying do you know what I, I don't think this is working for both of us you know how about we look at x y and z and let's touch base in a few months and nine yeah. times out of oh, ten they won't yeah, so exactly. i think you, there's a way of doing it where oh, you know it's something i've been asked over the years how do you break up with a client perhaps that's another podcast is, um, you know how <laughs> yeah no it, 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 it probably is it's, it's a whole topic in itself absolutely yeah and it's um it's not being afraid to have um those i guess stereotypically um awkward conversations yeah. you know uh, a lot of friends who are not business owners will ask me when we go out to dinner in my in my non-worky life but how can you go into these rooms with like ceos and really sort of yeah. i guess powerful people well you say powerful it's people we yeah, are yeah, yeah. all people and if they could do the job that i do i wouldn't be invited into no, that exactly. room anyway so for me if i'm going into a room somewhere well well, heck, I'm going to tell them what I know. Yeah, exactly that. Or, or have some suggestions. I'm there for a reason. Yeah. So, exactly that. Yeah. But it comes back to, like you say, you've got to love. You've not just got to love what you do, but you've got to love who you work with as well, haven't you? I absolutely. think that's a, that's a big takeaway, really, is that so many people will kind of keep working with crap clients who give them anxiety. And sometimes you've got to cut them. Yeah, cut it each way.
Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe, and remember to follow us on social media for more content like this.